Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. It is my pleasure, Demetrius Harris, to welcome you to the show. Now, before we try, I've stopped asking how is everyone, all those bullshit questions that people do. But I do want to give a little bit of a kiss-ass note to begin with to you. So we met in Huntington in June, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Beach, not the beach. The oh, town. I forgot to introduce Chad, by the way. I'm Joe. You've met Joe before. The other one's Chad. There should be James. There's three of us, but he's teaching a class. Now, I was just telling Chad while you're up gallivanting, showing us your ass as you walked away, and we appreciate it, is that there was only two people that I contacted or that I really wanted to talk to afterwards. And you were one of them that we spent some time with. It was like, they would be a really good interview. And you oh, know wow. the other one. I appreciate that, but thank you. And you know who the other guy is. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. Do I? Okay. You do. You do. You do. He helps you with your career. <laughs> okay. He's a good storyteller. Oh, that's really cool. I, yeah. I didn't I totally didn't even tell me about it. Well, he didn't. He never responded to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't know if he just never checked it or if there's another way. I'll ask you about this after we're done. Because okay. I would love to have him on. He's a great storyteller. But so when we were talking, I actually hit you up. I said, I'd love to have you on the show because you and I were sitting at the bar with another young lady who I'm not going to say or ask you any questions about. And <laughs> we were... I, I was fascinated by how you got into the industry, right? So if you don't mind, I'm going to reenact some of that conversation so our audience will know, because what we do have, we usually have screenwriters, uh, produ uh, directors, production designers, things like that. And we don't do a lot of actors and we've had a few stunt folks, right, Chad? Yeah. Yeah. And because those folks always have the best stories and we love good stories, but how you got into the industry to me is fascinating. So do you want to talk a little bit about your, not necessarily childhood, but I'm assuming this was early teens and your Mad Max days or late twenties or wow, I know, you look great for 52. To me. <laughs> I do look great for 52. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about before you got into it, what were you doing out in the desert? Um, so there's an event called Matt, uh, there's an event called uh, Wasteland Weekend that I've attended uh, for a few years. And it's, uh, I usually describe it as a, like a post-apocalyptic desert yeah. camp out festival. Um, it's in California every year and it happens to land on my birthday. So it's always been a, well, for the last, like, say maybe eight 40 years. years. Eight years, <laughs> think. Uh, it's been a fun way to spend a birthday, and um, you know everybody gets dressed up in like Mad Max style costumes, but it's also like you know for gamers like Fallout and mm -hmm. other movies like you know Tank Girl, any anything post apocalyptic. Chad, one of Chad's favorite films is Tank Girl, actually. Yep, it's a fun movie. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so I've been going there for a few for a few years at the time. And I happened to be running around with some new friends and uh, signed up for a fight inside the Thunderdome, which is a recreation of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome uh, out at the event. And uh, it's kind of an American Gladiators type, uh, you know, it's not really fighting. It's more for the show. You kind of impress the crowd that's around you who are all... Climb, you know, they climb up on top of the dome and, and are cheering and there's heavy metal playing and um yeah i mean it's a good time as you, as how you, how uh, come i've never heard of this it's it's like burning man on acid right uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't say quite like that i do i was gonna say i thought burning man was burning man on acid yeah <laughs> oh i'm sorry that's right yeah <laughs> people do compare the two but uh i think mad max is just uh, or uh, Wasteland Weekend is just so much more. It's this specific theme, it's you know that that's that's what it is. It sounds so much cooler than Burning Man. I'm sorry, <laughs> and I'm probably debatable. a lot less assless chaps. I'm assuming. Debatable. Well, no, yeah, no. also debatable. <laughs> so here's the thing about chaps: they're all assless, right? Why I know. As soon as I say, said, why it. do we always say <laughs> assless chaps? Because technically, chaps 
depth do not have do, yep. as yeah. so but people still say assless chest i know it's just fun it's fun to say it's fun to say and what happened while you were there you met up with someone uh yeah so i just happened to finish my fight inside the thunderdome and it was like just before midnight uh the day before my birthday so it was like less than an hour away from i don't remember what age i was turning anyway uh happened to run into some friends that were calling me over to congratulate me on my on my win and uh there's this like big block party happening where everyone's just standing around and chatting and drinking and having a good time and uh they're just everybody's drunk and they're talking at me and super loud and obnoxious and i'm like all right you guys just like settle down i already know all of you and i turn over to the left and and i say but i don't know you and there's a beautiful girl there named amy beer and uh we end up spending the entire night walking around and exploring the event and after all the music turns off and happen to sit by a bunch of different campfires uh that you know people stay up to different times in the middle of the night and uh yeah she and i've been together for the last six years so the last six years i didn't know you guys were still together that's awesome yeah man who did she introduce you to so it, well he tried to introduce himself oh we did uh, we up, uh, so she was there the reason she was there uh and she's not a regular attendee of the event um she was there for uh like for a wedding that happened to be held at the event inside the thunderdome mm -hmm. earlier in the weekend and she was there with her with both of her parents because it was a family friend yeah getting married. so they were all there um i actually got to meet her, her dad the next morning as they were packing up and leaving um and uh her dad happens to be dickie beer now for those folks who don't know dickie is famous as a stuntman that's right he was in he played uh he was some of the parts of boba fett and and return of the jedi by the way i almost said raiders of the lost ark that's how you know i'm tired i apologize you didn't know i almost said it but just to name a few things he was he was a part of Indiana Jones as well, though. So yep, right. So how do how does that conversation happen? So you grew up. You had did you have any intentions of being an actor? Did you have any intentions of being a stunt person? None at all for acting, but I did want to be a stunt performer when I was when I was younger. Uh, I was an avid martial artist. Uh huh. Since started when I was like six six ish. And yeah. uh, continued on like well through high school into college and uh, just didn't know, I didn't have any, you know, connections and I didn't really know anybody in the industry at all. Like I, I honestly had no idea how people went about it uh, and eventually finished high school and had to go to work, pay rent, go to school, mm -hmm. do all the usual yeah. stuff, takes up a lot of time and realized that I had no real, because I had no real way of getting into the industry, I had to just kind of forget about it, or at least put it on the back burner for the time being. And uh, then over the next however many years, I it just kind of went further and further back and was almost forgotten. Um, I continued training and, uh, you know, act, really active guy. I work out all the time. Um, mm -hmm. I do all sorts of interesting activities like i skydive snowboard um so this sky why this skydiving thing i just can't wrap my mind around it it's great it's such an awesome view oh, dimitri how is it awesome you're free falling to you're yeah. plummeting yeah it's to your possible death this is the reason well me all right two reasons why i'm not a stunt person one fat guy not just not and the second is that's okay you can laugh we've, right. we've had a good time before but the second thing is chad do you want to jump out of chad would probably jump out of a plane i would jump out of a plane if coerced that being said i am not going out of my way to jump out of a plane i just can't do it so would you you should I, I will say this there was once a girl long a few years before my wife because there's always a girl that talks someone into something yeah and 
she was skydive. She was into skydiving, and if things had gone one way, I would have been on that plane. <laughs> but it didn't. So, <laughs> funny story: the plane didn't land. Yeah, no. <laughs> Hilarious story. Is it? Hilarious. Isn't it? Isn't it great? She broke up with him just in time. <laughs> right. Oh, I, could you imagine? And that was like when I was 300 pounds, my 300 pound ass falling out of a plane. I just, I can't. <laughs> no, man, you guys are missing out. <sighs> I, rec- I highly recommend it. Maybe when I not, I, not a whole lot quite like it. Maybe when the kid is grown and I've got nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, <laughs> just, just go out without a parachute and just see what happens. So basically you met, so how did the conversation happen? I mean, he's, he's, he has made a living as a stunt performer, correct? For well over 30 years. Sure. And so does he just, do you ask him or does he look at you and go, you know what you should do? Um, so after, uh, after Amy and I got together and uh, I think at the time we were already together probably for maybe a year, uh-huh. possibly a little more. I think yeah. quite a uh, it was honestly just uh, one night sitting and having a conversation during dinner at their house. And it, I don't remember exactly how it started, but uh, Dickie and his wife uh, both just, uh, maybe they talked about it beforehand, but they mm-hmm. kind of started talking to me about like, why don't you try it out? Like, why don't you attempt uh, yeah. joining film industry and mm-hmm. uh, trying out, trying your hand at the at stunt world? And I kind of thought about it for a second and all of these thoughts of, of trying to do that when I was younger came back in my head and was like, yeah, why the hell not? Why not try it? Did I literally have absolutely nothing to lose. Like I, I was in the middle of a fun job at the time, uh, but it wasn't, you know, it's not a job that would have gone anywhere. Like it certainly wasn't a career choice. And, oh, uh, is this the one you were telling me about at the in- interesting? Is was it a restaurant or bar? I can't remember right. or both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely an interesting story as well. That is a long story. It's I don't know that it's quite our movie bonehead <laughs> story. That's it's more of the next time we're at a convention, just come over to us and buy us drinks, sure. and then sure. you and I will just tell story. You tell that one, and then I'll tell something about Chad and that lady who didn't make it back in the plane. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, yeah, it honestly, it was super organic. I it just, uh, I immediately thought, yeah, why not try it out? And I, I have nothing to lose to start, uh, you know, sign up for, for background acting with, uh, with a casting company here in, in Los Angeles that runs like the majority of uh, the productions uh-huh. and slowly started a couple of days a week doing background work. And uh, the more I, the more I did that, the more I knew that I had to reduce my hours at the restaurant that I was managing. And <clears throat> eventually it turned into where I was doing like doing background stuff five days a week. And I completely uh, just completely quit mm-hmm. the restaurant uh, because I thought I needed to focus on getting into the, uh, getting into SAG. Right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's all it was. It was, it was pretty, uh, organic i gotta ask what was the first background gig you got oh uh nothing really to talk about uh, oh. <laughs> actually no uh, uh the first couple that i did were were kind of silly because i still had a mohawk at the time so for the first like yeah that was bury the lead yeah. <laughs> well on in his I'm defense but I, I leave the mohawk part out from the yeah, yeah. story well, I thought you were going to kind of tie it in, but it did go with the restaurant story of how you got the job at this restaurant, Chad. I'm sorry. And, and I thought, but I thought you would bring in. The, so let's talk about why well, the hell you had a Mohawk. Yeah, go was ahead. it, was it Mr. T Mohawk or was it like straight on like eighties punk rockers? Mohawk? I, uh, it was, it was bright pink. The color that I, that I used to dye my hair. I mean, I dyed, dyed it all sorts of different colors, but it was called atomic pink. So uh, yeah. Um, it was it was pretty damn bright. You weren't gonna hide at night. <laughs> no, no. He said you weren't gonna hide at night. He's basically oh, no. just a highlighter. Yeah. <laughs> was, hey, at, at events when we went to uh, like when I used to go to festivals, that was really easy to find. Didn't need a, I didn't need to stand there like waving to call people over. Everybody knew exactly. What I was doing. So, yeah. what kind of work does a 
what was it again? Atomic dog pink? Atomic pink. <laughs> atomic pink. I just wanted to throw in the atomic dog. <laughs> oh, George Clinton. I don't know why that yes, yes. I just wanted to say atomic dog. I actually wanted to start singing and realize there was no way on earth that I would do any justice. So I just shut up. <laughs> so how so that's a very niche market having yeah. that mohawk. Well, that's why I didn't get any work for the first like three months. Uh, I was too attached <laughs> to it. I still miss it. I still miss it like all the time. Uh, I used to love that hair. It was a lot of fun to do. And um, anyway, when I started doing the background stuff, I just didn't get any work because nobody needs, you know, as a background actor, you got to be in the background. You got to blend in. You have to look yeah. like nothing special. And with a, I, I, to be fair, at the time, I, did, uh, I had already cut the color off. So it was just my regular brown, but it was still a solid like two inches long uh and even slick back it was still it would still kind of stand out so i didn't get much work for the first little while and uh as soon as i made the decision to cut it off did the clean cut look and i was doing you know police military uh any any clean cut you know suit tie whatever but i started working like pretty much every day and within a few months i had uh, i had all my union vouchers to join sag so now that's where I want to stop because I, I don't think Chad and you are going to be about, I think Dimitri will be episode 199. So we're almost at like 200 episodes. And wow. another reason why I think you, you, you're going to be a great guest is because we have people ask us questions specifically about getting into the entertainment industry. And I'd love you to kind of explain that process of getting into SAG because what 80, 90% of SAG doesn't make a living screen actors guild. Or they, they supplement it with something else. What's the what what is the? Um, how, well, I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Well, so how many of the SAG members, Screen Actors Guild members, are actually making a living like you, only acting? I don't think I have that number. No, you probably don't. But it's not a ton, right? It's not everyone. It's probably, it's probably you didn't get your monthly spreadsheet. Well, <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's go back. Let's rephrase the question. No, but I get, obviously, I get you, you can't. No, no, that's all right. You, you no, did heroin before we started. Let's keep what? going. I was joking no. with you. I said you did heroin before we started. Um, but uh, I get what you mean. I get. I definitely get what you mean. I don't think a lot of people uh, who join SAG have the intention of making a living by being actors or by being stunt performers. Oh, that's any. interesting. Why do you think that? Why is that? Uh, well, a lot of the, I think the common way to get into it is through doing background acting. And uh, what ends up happening is you can do non-union work as much as you want uh, uh-huh. while you're like, you know, until you actually are forced to join. You can decline, I guess, mm-hmm. SAG work at like when you're non-union. Um, but once you join, the, once you join SAG, you have to take only SAG jobs. Like yeah. you, you, don't, you can only take union work. Um, and I think what a lot of people see, especially in the, this is my guess, because uh-huh. I, I've not gone the acting route. Uh, if you join SAG too early and you don't have a, like a good, like, um, base, to, like, like a resume experience, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely a resume. Like, you know, yeah. people, you, you got to do non-union work and get your skills up and what would, uh, in the acting world, I think a lot of people join SAG too soon, and then now they're going to auditions against people, like competing against uh, people who have been doing this for years and and uh, have been through all the schools and have uh, mm-hmm. done a lot of big movies and have a name to themselves, and and that's not who you want to be competing for a part against when you have no experience. Right. So, um, but it doesn't really work that way in with background acting there's no you're not auditioning against anybody you just get called to do to do a job and show up and i think that's what a lot of people do i think the majority of sag is probably background actors because it's open to everybody Mm -hmm. and a lot of people just want to stay there and not really advance any further and they just do background acting as a living which there's nothing wrong with that but i just that's just a big part of what sag is and and like i said i don't think a lot of people have that uh intent to, to advance further yeah oh that's fascinating i never really thought about people just making a living being background actors and being okay with that 
yeah i mean it it's not it's not bad work no i would imagine it's not i mean uh, so what are the perks other than just being on a movie set what are the perks yeah i mean it's not digging a ditch right i mean probably yeah 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 no i mean you know it's i think it's just like it's very similar to to acting and stunt work Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of the time you come into to a job and you're sitting there and you don't really do a whole lot for the entire day yeah Um, definitely stunt days that you're on the schedule and you're supposed to you know everyone thinks you're they're going to do something and then the day goes by and just like looking around like what all right i guess we're done and you haven't lifted you haven't even stood up yet to get called in for work so right uh, sit on set the entire day and i mean background acting is definitely similar but um those are those are of course outlier days but um, for the most part, you know, you show up to set, you do some walking, <laughs> pantomiming, um, have some lunch, and and oh, yeah, you know. and yeah, and and lunch is there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, you don't even have to buy lunch. No, that's definitely that's definitely a big perk. I would say. <laughs> so, let's talk about so how many on-screen appearances do you have to have before you can get the, your SAG card? So can you talk about that process of actually obtaining the SAG card? Yeah, so it's not actually on-screen appearances. Okay. It's, uh, it, you know, I know a lot of people think it's being featured. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It has, honestly has nothing to do with being featured or, or how many times you go to work. Um, it's, it's a little difficult to explain. It's, you really just have to get lucky. Yeah. Um, the way it works is you need to get three three union jobs. So as a non-union background actor, you need to show up and for whatever reason, the production needs an additional union member. So they like temporarily use you as a union person uh, because they have that spot available. Yeah. Or, or it might be a, something really specific that they're looking for that they don't, that they weren't able to find a union member, like a union background actor to fill that spot. But let's say they just need a really outlandish skill. Let's say they need somebody that knows how to skydive and is a background actor, but just hypothetically, they need somebody who, who knows how to do something really, really specific. And out of their pool, they have nobody to pick from. So then they choose a, a non-union person and they use them in a union capacity for the day. So you have to have that happen three times and then you're eligible to join SAC. And for some people that takes, that could take you three, three straight days of work. And for other people, it can take several years. And I've talked to a few people who have, uh, have had been background actors for like three plus years, and they have not seen a single union voucher. Really? So it's really the luck of the draw. I mean, they're probably not trying too hard to get it because there are there are ways to there are like hints that from casting calls where uh-huh. it sounds like, based on based on the the wording of the casting call and what they're looking for. You can usually tell if they're looking for something. Like I said, if they're looking for a particular skill, chances are it's going to be it's going to be a union job. Uh, it's not guaranteed, but it's a little more likely. So those people who have been doing this for a long time and haven't received anything, they're probably not trying too hard to join. Um, so they're not really on the lookout for those. Yeah. Clues. I'm sorry, Chad. I thought you were going to say something. No, I was just going to go back to your stunt work. So I just have to ask, because um, how do you develop that whole arsenal of things that you have at your disposal to do the stunt work? Because, I mean, is it just something you you had already, you had just done in your free time, or is this something you're still continually building up? Um, I, I would say that, that the majority of stunt people are doing that all the time. Uh, okay. They probably, like, I, my guess is that just about all stunt people come with some sort of physical ability uh, background. So mine happens to be martial arts, um, but I've also done a little bit of gymnastics and parkour. And like I said, all the sports that, that I've done growing up and, and all these other more like more advanced stuff, like, like I said, like snowboarding, like skydiving, all of that translates into stunt work because it gives you, a, it gives you an awareness of what your body can do in different positions and, and, you know, different planes. So all of that can be used in sun work, uh, in the sun world. So I got a question for you. Um, I, I looked, I, I looked up your resume on, online and 
you have an an amazing arsenal of skills at your at at your at the ready. Firearm, like I said, karate, parkour, skydiving, rock climbing, firearm training. The list goes on. There's one that caught my eye, and I had to ask you about it. Forklift right? forklift operator. <laughs> That's it. What is it, Gene? He knew where you were going. He knew yeah, where I, you were going. I was looking at it, and I'm like, one of these things isn't like the others. <laughs> you know what? Something because for for you might you might have a job that requires you to drive a forklift as like into some into a car or something like that. Yeah. Not everybody knows how to drive that. Not everybody. Not everybody knows how to drive a stick shift. Um, not everybody knows how to drive military vehicles or, or large trucks, you know? So uh, it, 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 you never know, like something, if you think back to the amount of movies that you've seen and yeah. look through them, how many weird things have you seen in a movie that you're like, how did this person know how to do that? Yeah, did they, well, yeah, did they it, learn specifically for the role or did they come into it having already driven this or, or, or played this or did this activity, whatever it is? I mean, that is true. I mean, there's pl- been plenty of cool scenes with a forklift. and I, But at the same time, I was just thinking, well, that stuntman just went in there and said, you can drive this, right? And they go, hell yeah, I can. <laughs> I just I mean, it's a good rule of thumb to not fudge around on your resume. As that's true. I mean, you know, you don't want to do that anywhere, but in some industries you can get away with it. Uh, if you can't do something as a stunt performer, it's going to be pretty apparent. Yeah, we've you know? had, the, I've heard, I've heard stories about people who like, you know, they claim they could be a horse, they could ride right. horses oh, yeah. and then they get, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, that person can't, that person got hurt real bad. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just started to learn how to do horse stuff. I, I just got a single, uh, like I, I had to fall off a horse recently for the first time and uh you know i wouldn't say that i know how to really ride a horse like i'm not i would not consider myself a horseman by any means like if there's if there's some some project that requires somebody that knows how to ride a horse like at an expert level that's not me i i know i know and i i can control that but it would need to be the you know i i would make it pretty clear that like my ability level is at a relatively maybe just above basic but it's pretty pretty I, low on there i, I, I would to, not want i would not want to be thrown in with a bunch of expert horse horsemen and then first of all i would look like an idiot <laughs> the coordinator look like an idiot and it would slow down the production and then i would probably not get called back so it's not worth that to to you know to, to bullshit on a, on a resume first on first time man all right so i'm this i this i have to ask this question now Sure. You fell off a horse for the first time. Correct. What is going through your head as you're willfully falling off a rampaging beast? <laughs> That's a good question. Not a, not a whole lot. <laughs> Don't get killed. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you're you're falling off towards the back, so it's going to keep going forward. By the time you're off the back of the horse, the horse is nowhere near you anyway. So uh, the fall is just to make the landing look good the horse knows what to do it just keeps going like they're they're trained horses and it's still a wild animal you're totally right but they are you know they are film animal they've got their sag card i just they do have their sag card i've been on a horse and i am i've been on a horse a handful of times and i have been on a horse that went from trot to gallop and the whole time I was just like, oh, motherfucker, oh, motherfucker, oh, motherfucker. I couldn't imagine actually falling off of it on purpose and what is going through your head, even though you're a trained stuntman and you're yeah. used to this kind of work. But hey, I had I had two weeks of horse training to do that, to do this job. Uh, and it was awesome. I I, I, hit it. I mean, I hit training hard um, and because I, I was very upfront about it. I was asked, like, hey, are you you know, what's your what's your riding level? And I said, i have ridden a horse like twice in my life and they were like little quiet trail trail rides and i got asked like okay well you look you know you're a great double for this is this something that you can you can make happen and i said yeah and then i learned how to do it and by by the end of the uh like by the end of the production i was told by the coordinators that like hey you're actually riding better than the actors in just that span of two weeks so um, I, I honestly think that you can, yeah, not, that, that's not a recommendation at all. Like this is not, 
Well, don't worry. Chad and I are not going to take up. We're, <laughs> no, we're, I'm we're, I'm we're saying for anybody blue- watching. Yeah, we're in the bluegrass state, and we're still not going to do that shit. Yeah, I, I have, I have, uh, I have a niece who is an expert horse rider, and she has been trying to convince me. I, I know. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So for me, like I said, falling down was the easy part. It was. I, I was. I was initially too like too soft on the horse. Like I kept getting yelled at. Like, no, you got to make it go. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, well, if I hit it too hard, it's going to be, you know, I don't want to like hurt the horse. And they're like, dude, shut up. Like, just, you gotta, this is what you have to do. Like, but you don't know it at the time. Like when you're, when you're beginning, you don't know what's too hard or, or too soft. It feels like you're doing it really hard, but. Are we still talking, are we still talking about horses? Still talking horses. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it started to sound like something completely different. Well, all right. So here's another question. And Chad's heard me ask this shit to a couple of people because I, it really is curious in my brain, the automatic, your, your body does not want to get hurt, but you've got to fall. And I'm not talking about off a horse. I'm talking about it, anything when it comes to stunts and you've got to fall and not get hurt, but you've got to make it look like you're actually falling. And that's right. acting, and that takes a lot of practice. What right. is wrong with you that allows <laughs> you to be able to fall and not stop yourself? Because like, you're, it's like I'm walking, catching it. You walk across the living room, you trip over. I saw a cat tower. Assume I'm assuming that's a cat tower earlier. Over, so your cat's out here. I have two cats. Chad has a dog. You walking through the living room. The damn cat's out. It's dark. You trip over the cat, go to fall. The first thing you do is put your hands out, right? Or you try to stay. What is wrong with you that you are allowed in your brain, your brain allows you just to fall on film? Well, we don't shoot on film anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's just practice. It's just practice. It, it's Trust me, it's not It's not like it. it's easy when you start out doing it. In your, in your head, like making those making those connections of like okay I need to I need to fall down and I can't brace mm-hmm. because it's gonna ruin the shot it's gonna look right. funny and the first times you're practicing even though you're practicing it on a mat and it's, it's nice and cushy foam it still it still slaps you in the face or it, or it like it could knock the wind out of you depending on how you're landing and what you're you know what the what direction you're you're hitting the ground you know so it, it's definitely a little weird to kind of force yourself to do that and and wrap your wrap your head around just that idea it it is weird it feels weird i still say something's broken in you it's okay it's okay it didn't start that way so you were doing background how did you get into the stunts um like would you mean through that conversation or well or? through that com- yeah i mean so you were you started out as background actor correct correct how did stunt performing is a different trait in the sense yeah. of you have to have like chad was talking about of all the different things you can do of all the different martial arts how do you get into the stunt world you just uh, have to start reaching out to to people who are in the industry um, mm-hmm. i started training with a lot of stunt people um different uh like different movement gyms uh, yeah happen to have a lot of stuff in in the area that i live um everyone kind of congregates in the same places so you when you go to practice your own stuff you'll probably run into some other some people that are practicing theirs and mm-hmm. just team up do some practice together uh figure out some stuff to just play around with and, and teach each other or okay you know, that kind of stuff. and then, then just reaching out to the sun coordinators every like when i was doing background uh every set that i was on i would try to find the sun coordinator and and uh, try to get their contact information try to get advice uh like hey i'm brand new in the industry uh if you have a you know spare few seconds to tell me like give, give me some advice on what to do what i can what i can train what you're looking for uh just kind of the next the next step uh and then some some coordinators were very very much willing to do that and give me that information and then others just kind of uh you know they just don't really want to talk to background actors because a lot of people might say like oh yeah you know i'm i'm, I'm a i'm a background actor i'm trying to get into stunts they probably hear it all the time and out of the people uh, like you know what percentage of those people actually are trying to get into the stunt world and mm-hmm. what percentage are just 
talking. So yeah. I'm sure they hear it a lot, and I, I understand whether I understand the mindset of just kind of distancing yourself. And you're also looking for a certain body and a certain build, right? And a certain amount of athleticism. I mean, sure. so for example, and I'm picking on myself again, I walk up to you and go, I want to get into stunts, hold my donuts. <laughs> Let right. me show you how to fall correctly. I don't yeah. know. See, Chad, I'd be holding a donut because I'm, I'm fat. <laughs> Shut up, Chad. No need we anymore. all know you'd be eating a whole pie, not a donut. So let's it's not, be honest. It's not true. Not a, I'm much more of a cake person than a pie. But oh, yeah. no. Pie is so much better. <sighs> and here I thought we had a moment. No. <laughs> pie, your, I, cake, is, cake is inferior. Sorry. What's your What's your favorite pie? Pie. Um. Between like apple and cherry, I think. For a man who loves his pie, it took you way too long to come up with your favorite. Oh, oh maybe oh, oh, I said pie is better than cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. At least he didn't say mince meat. Mince meat. <laughs> <laughs> that's true so <laughs> let's get back off of pie I, I i so chad's question earlier i don't think i got to talk to you about this what was your first big movie even as a background actor what was your first big movie or show that you worked on um yeah uh oh, there's been so many chad look at him there i mean there were a lot of background parts uh, yeah like and I, and like I said, I have not done a whole lot of like I haven't done anything that I would say is big as a stunt performer. Um, like I still have what four four or five credits at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm very new to the industry, and uh, I'm I'm sure that'll I'm sure that'll change. Obviously, you know, COVID had a big impact on on yeah setting everybody back, but us uh, newbies definitely had to take a seat for a while. Um, but uh, background, I mean, I, I did stuff like NCIS, um, like the CSIs that are, mm -hmm. that are out. Um, I, I was a, I was a, a regular um, starting from the first season of SWAT. Mm -hmm. and that was a pretty big show. And I was there like for, for a couple of years, I was there like almost daily. Um, and just, you know, we got to do a lot of fun stuff there and. So what, how did you, how did you end up with the Mandalorian? Uh, so the Mandalorian was just, initially it was just another, another background job. Like I had no, I didn't even know what it was because of all the code names. And oh yeah. I guess that's true. I didn't think about that. It's not like they would have called you up and said, we have to have you for star Wars Mandalorian. Right. Right. Exactly. Cause for, for background stuff, you get asked like, Hey, are you available for, for this day to do, this and this and um you know I, I kind of i wasn't there from the very very beginning of season one so i already had kind of some idea of what it was um like yeah. when i got asked for it i kind of had a clue already um i didn't know for sure that's what it was but uh you know i just said, I said yes it sounded so like something interesting and then i showed up and was getting put into a stormtrooper outfit, so, so. Are you geeky by nature? I would say so. I'm. He know. fought in Thunderdome. Well, yeah, that's part. That's a different kind of geeky. It's different than you and I sitting around in our full stormtrooper watching. Well, we've never done that, but it'd be funny if it was. But and I don't cosplay. But would you? Are you so geeky that you'd have a stormtrooper outfit on before doing the show? No. Okay, I didn't think so. No, not quite. No, but I, I, I'm a gamer uh, from, you know, back from the 90s um, and like pretty avid and, you know, I, I'd say that's there, but I'm, I do a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that, that I do that's on the geeky, nerdier side. And then like I do, I don't really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a cosplay because I've never actually done an, uh, like a, like a specific yeah. character, but I do all sorts of uh, different like dress up stuff like you know renaissance fair and uh saturday things. nights dresses yeah there you go heels <laughs> i know that's gonna go back to that's gonna go back to the restaurant story <laughs> that's exactly, yes basically no judgment go ahead Jeff. so i gotta go back to the mandalorian especially since you know you are a, a level of geek just like we are 
and I'm probably shooting that scene probably didn't run through your head that much but as you were as the shooting was over and you seen the popularity of the mandalorian and specifically baby yoda sure. and when your episode aired did you have any inclement anything triggering in your head that about at that moment that millions upon millions of geeks were saying fuck that guy <laughs> i was hoping for it i was hoping for it uh, really were you because yeah. i don't think i got to ask you about that because i think you won't remember this but i told you I said, you're going to be 20 years from now signing shit in every regional convention. And I don't know if you remember me telling you this with that picture of you shooting, shooting uh, Grogu. Let's, let's not piss off the Star Wars folks, Chad, with the baby. Yeah, yeah. And you said, and you looked at me with one eye almost. No, you weren't that drunk, but you looked at me and said, God willing. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, you I've literally are one of the most have so much more stuff by then. I agree. I now. agree. But that is one of those. You oh, are officially one of the most hated men in all of geekdom because you shot. <laughs> I, I was genuinely hoping for it. Uh, I, I honestly, I was a little, I was a little disappointed when, when I didn't get the, you know, the Sudeikis treatment after the fact, <laughs> but, but I'm not, I'm not on anywhere near that level. So I'm not quite surprised and let's be honest he wasn't in the suit yeah it wasn't even him who did it so that's what no. i'm saying it, he wasn't even yeah. in the suit so fucks it I, I mean i'm a fan but yeah <laughs> it wasn't even him in the suit just for people out there the mandalorian the voice you hear and the pe person who plays him are two different people yeah it's john wayne's grandson not <laughs> so. no 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 i'm talking about the uh the, the like the biker scout no oh, yeah, i know no, no we're yeah, just yeah. letting our audience know that yes. yes 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 yeah but that wasn't that wasn't brandon though not in the yeah yeah so you were hoping to get hated yeah so you felt like you were going to be hated when you shot that scene you felt you you, you already knew that 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 was there <laughs> i mean i knew it was i knew it was coming it's not like they're gonna yeah. i'm i'm I was pretty confident that that was going to be part of the show. I don't think that would be a scene that was going to get cut. Pretty no. <laughs> not, um, not by Robert Rodriguez. No way. <laughs> but no, I realized, because, I mean, you know, there's there's only good guys and bad guys in the show. So, like, if you're going to be a bad guy, you might as well lean into it. So, that's just, that, that one is yours. That one is directed by Rodriguez. I completely yeah. forgot, right? Yep. Um. Yeah, episode six, season two, was Robert Rodriguez. I think so. Yeah. So obviously, he left a huge impact that, that we said that was directed by Rodriguez. You go, I don't know, maybe kind of. That's <laughs> well, I mean, he was there. He was there quite a lot. But the thing is, you know, you, when you're working with a lot of uh, directors, and you know, I'm not in that capacity where I'm constantly interacting with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not as not that it's not memorable to work with them, but. I don't have the same interaction. It doesn't stick around the same way. In the same time, when you're actually also doing background, some of the stunts, you're working sometimes second unit, you're working with the AD, second AD, right? And and, folk, yeah. and not even actually talking to that. But that's, I find it fast. What are some of the other things that you enjoyed that, what is, is there anything that's been cut that you wished you could have, can you talk about that you wish would have made it? Uh, from Mandalorian, you mean? Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, actually, one of the uh, one of the characters that I got to play that I was really excited to see uh, was unfortunately in in a incredibly minor capacity, but it was such a cool character to wear. Like I, I do a lot of the aliens on the, mm -hmm. on the show, and uh, obviously stormtroopers as well. But I do yeah, yeah. the majority of the time that I spend there is in some kind of alien mask or, uh -huh. or helmet, whatever, and. Um, uh this this was a just a really cool looking alien had an awesome outfit and i was hoping to get something some sort of actions to do and um it just it, it got completely cut out and i can't even say that or i i, I can't now i got i kind of got lucky i i wasn't able to see it in the show but then when the disney gallery came out there's actually a snippet of me getting fixed by like in the in, in that costume and in the you know in that ma alien mask um so I got to see it in behind the scenes footage. So it's, if anything, it's almost like more exciting to see it in only the behind the scenes part and, and not actually in the, in the show itself. Oh, so I've got cool. it. So is it, that's on Disney plus, right? I could go check that out. Oh, yeah, I didn't like know. Right, you 
I haven't read. I haven't watched it yet. Have you watched the Disney Gallery, Chad? No, I haven't had a chance to watch it. No, I have to go see it. Yeah, they I have will... the season one and two, uh, like Mandalorian season one and two, and Disney Gallery. So, um, yeah, it was cool to see that. I was totally... like there for like a second and a half, but that's because yeah, I was going to imagine it has to be funner to dress up like a Tuscan Raider than it is a stormtrooper because the stormtrooper is such a basic outfit, but the aliens and the Tuscan Raiders all all are more intricate. I would assume yeah. from. from... Uh, I find the alien stuff a lot more interesting. Being a creature is more fun anyway, just because you get to you get to move around funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you get to make weird sounds and speak differently. And obviously, none of that none of the audio goes in, and it's all recorded after the fact anyway, like you said earlier. But mm-hmm. uh, it's just I find it more fun to to be a non-human, I guess. Um, but the store those stormtrooper costumes. I'm sure you guys have talked about this before with other troopers. It is not a comfortable piece of equipment. Oddly enough, I have it. We haven't actually had a lot of folks on. We we normally don't, but that's but I wanted you on the show. Yes, and I've heard and Dickie talks about how the 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 outfits gotten better from 30, 40 years ago, right? Maybe. <laughs> he says I, doubt it it. I doubt by much i doubt by much i haven't i haven't tried the old ones and he hasn't tried the new ones they're probably the same freaking thing <laughs> that's okay but as a star wars fan I, I just a little bit i mean just one time just you're you're made up you got the blaster you just do a side glance in the mirror as you're walking out and go this is pretty cool it is cool i do that all the time for five minutes right <laughs> start posing <laughs> And then hour four of just standing there and not being able to set your ass down because of that yeah. uncomfortable, that's or being able to go to the bathroom or eat or any of these other things, then that's right. when it becomes a pain in the ass. That's what yeah. people don't understand the misery that you have to go through, correct? <laughs> uh, it's, I don't know about misery. That might be a little too extreme, but it's, but it's a little on the rough side. I've from been. From time to time. I mean, you know, you were sitting, sometimes you have a short day, but you're, you're, more or less you're sitting the entire day in this uh plastic armor and um sometimes you know 10 12 14 plus hour days uh-huh. uh, and it's not the best but it is fun it is fun but i don't want to know how you go to the bathroom but i do so don't answer me just kind of just roll on let's just not even talk about it you just take a break from that high fiber diet is all I can say. <laughs> I mean, it's just depending on, what, depending on what you need to do, you may need help. That's a hard question to ask somebody too. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I've got a number two and I've got to do it now. Why, why, why did they cater bean burritos today? Why? That's, I, I, yeah, but anyway, moving right along, moving right along. So you enjoy to alien. You also you're the one who picks up the pearl, right? Right. From the dragon. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That that whole episode is so much fun to shoot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. If we weren't talking in context, you saying picking up the pearl from the dragon could have a whole nother <laughs> connotation that we would have to specify. <laughs> yeah, so- one Tuscan Raiders killed the crate dragon. You were, you were, you got two of the most memorable scenes in all of Mandalorian, man. I mean, that's got to be something cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad y'all think so. Uh, I, mean, I, I thought they were pretty cool, I, and I just felt so fortunate to, you know, to get to do those parts. And I know they're, they're, you know, it's not like a, certainly not a principal role, but it's still, uh, they they do happen to be memorable moments for uh, for people watching, and and I think that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, I do too. So, are you shooting? What are you, so? What are, let's talk about some of the projects you got come up. What are you currently working on? Uh, I'm not actually working on anything at the moment. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing back uh, about season three of Mandalorian. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I don't know when they're starting up this yet. Hopefully pretty soon. I, I would imagine within the next couple months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not anything just yet. Um, but you know. Have you wrapped have you wrapped anything, anything in the can the last couple of months? You've been able to work through COVID? 
Um, yeah, I've, I've actually had a, a, a couple of stunt days here and there. Uh, unfortunately, I can't talk about any of the stuff that I have. Worked. I mean, listen to me. I've told many people this. No one's listening. Just go right ahead and tell well, us. Thank you so much for taking the time. Well, we know he fell off a horse, so I'm assuming it's the Fast and the Furious yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, I, that was that was a fun one, uh, and I can talk about that one. Uh, I don't think I can mention the production, but um, yeah, a couple. I mean, had some actually. I uh, got got lucky and got to do some stunt doubling uh, on a on a production, um, and. You know, doubling for an actor is is a little different from just doing, yeah, your own stunt work. Like you, you have to actually try to mimic what they're doing, and you're not just your own character. So, um, yeah. it's a little, you know, stunt work with a twist. But yeah, mm-hmm. those are, um, well, yeah, because we talked to um, the stunt man who's the stunt man for for Patrick Stewart, and he's what 30 40 years younger than patrick stewart and he has to mimic everything he does yeah and, he's, and so he, go ahead Chad. no i was just gonna say so just having to to learn that mimicking process has to be arduous in its own you have to study all their movements correct i mean you're doing it that day you know it's not like we're hanging out for a week prior to it and i'm just watching mannerisms you, know, you, you show up that that day that you're there uh you might be there for for a day or for a week or for the entire episode or the whole season you, you never know and um i happened to be there just an episode at a time and uh i just showed up on the first day found out that i was going to be a stunt double and then started paying attention to everything that the actor was doing and wow figure out how they move try to try to recreate it uh, copy all of their like all of their timing and you know their mannerisms like the thing is with stunt double work you're, you're not you're not getting seen up close if you mm-hmm. if the camera is getting you up close it's going to get cut from there like it's going to get edited to, to where my face is never seen if i'm ever seen that's not good for obvious reasons yeah so uh, yeah, it's not it's, the 80s anymore where you could literally see every stunt man <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah they've, they've improved a little bit since yeah so I'm you may not be able to answer this but throughout your last few years I get this question sometimes like you ever get starstruck or you ever and for the most part I don't right and for people I like a lot of behind the scenes folks so for not doesn't really bother me a couple years ago Chuck Norris didn't there's a friend I work with who still asks me every few months a question about Chuck Norris something like I interviewed him for an hour it was he was fine do you know what I mean it was just it was it he was nice. I was nice. We went on our separate ways. Yeah. But have you ever been, who's, is there anyone who has just gotten starstruck or you've been like, ah, oh, I can't believe I'm actually on the set with this person. Um, I have never felt that yet. And I don't know if I really ever will. Yeah. Um, I do get asked. I, I, I have gotten asked that question before. And even by people who know me, like friends of mine, uh, mm-hmm. who I've talked to about the industry and, um, I do know a lot of people that have tons of celebrities in, in their head that they're like, if I, if I run into this person in the street or under any circumstances, it's just going to be this like mind blowing experience. And I think they kind of build it up for themselves, um, which is great. You know, you might, if you look up to people and you show up, like they show up in your life for whatever reason, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I get, it. I've just never had that really uh, growing up in, in Los Angeles. Like I used to see celebrities all the time. All- I wouldn't say all the time, but pretty regularly throughout the year, just completely randomly. Um, like, I think the the biggest that the biggest name that I actually did get to meet in person before doing any of this, um, before I had any inclination to do anything mm-hmm. in the film industry, I think I was like fifteen or sixteen, and uh, like doing some uh, like some canyon uh, driving with uh, some a car like a car group that uh-huh. I was trying to get into and um at 15 yeah. before your license sir yeah because i was trying to get into it eventually like i wasn't driving <laughs> um i was just riding along mm-hmm. and driving in fast cars and convertibles and canyons by the beach hair in the wind great 
Um, but anyway, hey, screw I, you, screw it, you. It, it does sound fun. It does. Sound fun. <laughs> it's okay. It's hey, okay. He can Chad, make at fifteen. At fifteen, it was probably there. No, I still had this fucking haircut. <laughs> in, in his defense, he did start going bald in college. Yeah. In 15, I had a, like a cow lick up here that just stuck straight up. So that wind never went anywhere. He just bounced right off, man. Chad, Chad, Chad is like Patrick Stewart in the sense that he just looks better bald. And I would Which not. Which isn't much. Which, and I would not look better bald. It's just he looks better bald. But anyway, you were telling your story about being 15 and and running up and down the roads. You 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 hell yeah. I, I ran into Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah? Of all oh. people. Like I I had, you know, heard the like you know, six degrees mm-hmm. of Kevin Bacon. It had already become a thing. And I obviously I knew that I knew the actual phrase, but running into the guy and that was like the first one who I just who I actually got to chat with briefly in person and it wasn't just like you know driving by and seeing a celebrity like walking down the street which yeah. that that happened all the time but um uh, no of all places it was like by the beach we pulled off somewhere to like go to the restroom I think before heading home and uh, I'm over there but I think I'm standing, standing there and waiting for the restroom. And I'm like, Hey, I think that's Kevin Bacon, like to the rest of my group. And everyone's like, nah, don't be stupid. Like, there's no way. And, and we walk up and everyone's like, he happens to come out and, and, you know, walks by us after we like said a few words or anything. And I was like, who's, who said that was Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was totally like natural. It was just calm. Nothing. I, I didn't have any sort of like, I know. I was just that's the feelings. I don't think that's I, I just don't think that's me. Yeah, I know. I was hoping you had one of those. It's like the rock came on and I just didn't know what to do. One of those because I am with you. It's very few that I've gotten kind of and especially the more and the more you see, the less it's special, right? And and we've talked about this. Most famous people are like other people, and 80, 90 percent are fine, and then 10, 20 percent are assholes. It's sure. just like anybody else on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But that they that's the thing. They're just regular people. They're just know? regular people. Yeah. They're especially in their going about their regular lives. Like they're just trying to do like whatever when, else is doing. Right. When you were stalking Kevin Bacon into that bathroom. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right, Dimitri. So what what shows as we want as we wind up here? So what shows do you have coming up that you want to talk about and plug? I think you have some conventions uh, coming up, don't you? Uh, I don't know if I have anything lined up that I can talk about yet because I, I, I nothing is confirmed. I think I have a couple of things up in the air, but I don't have anything. Uh, oh, you don't have any conventions? I thought I saw some. No, I just I just came back a couple weeks ago from um, from Grand Rapids Comic Con. That may be what I saw, and I thought that was next month. I'm so sorry. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, no, no worries. I think that it's because there's another one I believe over there happening in November. Mm-hmm. They're like their annual one, and this was uh, this was their uh, first shot at uh, like a spring version yeah which do a, like a biannual mm-hmm. do you, so yeah it was great do you, i was about to say do you like doing the convention stuff because had had you you haven't done many till this year correct or the last couple yeah, of years I, I just started i just started this year my first one i want to say was like in late february or early march mm-hmm. i think you just done one or two before huntington when we met in june that was my second one. Huntington was my oh, second. Oh yeah, that's cool. So you do enjoy it? I do enjoy it. I very much enjoy it. Um, I I love going around the convention and talking to people, like not even while signing. Like I, I enjoy being at the convention. I'm not this. No, I do too. I was, do I was too. very upfront with with uh, you know with my uh, with my manager about it. Like I I want to be there, not just in the like the signing capacity. Like I enjoy being at the convention be at the convention yeah i love i love that environment and and i i think it's a blast yeah and once again 80 and 90 percent are great and sweet and just the 10 percent are just a little twerked (laughs) like you said that's how it is with everybody it is how it is with everybody i would not be surprised yeah absolutely all right man well thank you so much we appreciate your time we're going to go ahead and say goodbye but uh, if you can hold on for a second after we wrap wrap it up thank you dimitri thanks for being on bonehead 
Brrr.